Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adults podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor. My co-host is Chris Johnson. And Chris, we are starting a new study this week. I'm excited about this. Good to be with you. Good to be with you today, Lynn. Yes, uh, Chris and I are just, of course, it's summertime, and and uh, it's funny that we we talk a lot, but we don't see each other because COVID has changed our lives. Uh, gosh, Chris, you and I probably live what an hour, 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 hour apart from each other, but we still see each other via Zoom. The blessings of technology. So, Chris, thanks for thank. I'm glad we're able to do this. Thanks, me too. But joining Chris and I today is Jennifer Denning. Jennifer is on the program with us because the study uh, that Chris is going to introduce in just a moment, the study on Elijah, Jennifer wrote this study. So, Jennifer, thank you for taking the time to be with us on this podcast. Thanks, Lynn. It's great to be here. I'm happy to be with you today. So you two go back a long ways. Yes. Jennifer was writing for Lifeway before uh, – uh, before I was a writer. And um, when I first came on board at Lifeway, uh, what, what was the Sunday school board back in the day? Uh, Jennifer was one of my writers. Very nice. That was yeah. right. Started a long time ago. And yeah, we've probably seen different hairstyles and clothing <laughs> styles over so many years. Not Lynn. Uh, he has the same, not Lynn. He has the same hairstyle he's always had. <laughs> yeah, and, and probably the same socks and shoes and everything. But um, yeah, I remember Jenny and I just, we get together at writers' conferences and our kids were little and our kids are all grown now and all that. But we're sounding like old people. Uh, I am, but, but Jenny's not. Um, but I will tell you this, <laughs> right. Chris, you know how I'm about complimenting and I am not making this up. I had three writers writers during my student days who were my absolute favorites and jenny was one of those three so uh, just oh, a pheno- nice. phenomenal writer because it took little effort for me to edit and it's all about me making life easy for me so i love that <laughs> <laughs> i loved having jenny write. but uh jenny wrote this study on Thank elijah you. uh and i think this is a great study so chris why don't you get us into this study sure we'll do that lynn um the study is Elijah living outside the comfort zone. And we use that uh, language because I think most people uh, are pretty comfortable and understand what we're talking about with uh, just those situations in our lives where we're just not real at ease, not real comfortable. <laughs> and Elijah seems to be in those kind of settings and puts people in those kind of situations. So he's an interesting character for us to look at. Uh, our, our study today focuses on courage, serve with courage is our title. And uh, Jenny started the uh, study with a story about a, um, a sports uh a football player, Pat Tillman, and I'm going to let her tell a little bit about that story as an introduction to uh, our study today. Sure, Chris. Um, I chose the, the illustration of Pat Tillman because I thought he was a model of courage. Um, we were talking earlier how in a past church um, where my husband pastored, we had a lot of military folks and just grew to love and appreciate their sacrifice and their service that they make. But Pat Tillman in particular has um, a really interesting story because he was on a path where he was making a lot of money and um, there was fame and 
a lot of good things attached to what he was doing as a football player. A lot of people would say he was in an enviable position, Uh, but he chose the more difficult path of serving his country at a point in time. And of course it, it changed the course of his life and and ended up taking his life. Um, But he did what he did because he felt called to a purpose. And I think that's an an apt illustration for what we're talking about here, because when we talk about serving God, it isn't always the easy path, but choosing the path that um, has purpose can sometimes be difficult, but it's worth it in the end. And we can have an influence like Tillman did on many people. Wow. That's a great, that's a great introduction to talking about serving and serving with courage. And that's what we're going to see as we get introduced to the prophet Elijah. Uh, for many people, he is a well-known prophet. Uh, but Chris, you and I were talking earlier about what we call, hey, people, don't, everyone knows these stories. You had a good point about, uh, as, as, and I'm talking to us as leaders for just a moment, uh, don't assume everybody in your group is familiar with the story of Elijah. Uh, and I, Chris, I thought you made a good point as we were talking earlier on that. Well, I'll talk more about that later. Uh, but um, when I, I think you're going to read a passage in just a minute that introduces kind of the whole story. And the beginning of what we're going to talk about, um, it isn't an introduction to Elijah. It's, it's an introduction to the characters that he is going to be in, in opposition to. So what, you want to go ahead and take that, Lynn? Yeah, that's true because uh, you know, Elijah's not even mentioned in this passage, but you're going to see the context that he's got to step into. This is First Kings chapter 16, and I'm just going to begin reading in verse 29. Ahab, son of Omri, became king over Israel in the 38th year of Judah's king Asa. Ahab, son of Omri, reigned over Israel and Samaria 22 years. But Ahab, son of Omri, did what was evil in the Lord's sight more than all who were before him. And then, as if following the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, was not enough, he married Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and then proceeded to serve Baal and bow and worship to him. He set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal that he built in Samaria. Asa also made an Asherah pole. Asa did more to anger the Lord God of Israel than all the kings of Israel who were before him. So that statement comes up every time a king of Israel is mentioned. Uh, They were all evil because they all led the people uh, to worship idols, to worship false gods. And so uh, one of the things that will uh, be helpful uh, for those of you who lead groups um, is to know a little bit of, of Bible history and be able to tell it in a, in a very clear, succinct way uh, to get your people in, into this study. Um, and like I said, I'll talk more about how we do some of those things um, in a few minutes. But uh, a lot of people will probably, when they hear the name Jezebel, it'll raise an eyebrow or it'll cause something to kind of go through their minds. Um, in country music, there are songs about Jezebel. <laughs> uh, so she's not highly thought of by most people. To be referred to as a Jezebel is not a good thing, right, Jenny? That's right. Yeah, I don't, know anyone, who's, I don't know anyone who's named their kid Jezebel. 
It's true. <laughs> All right. So th- th- you don't want to park, I guess, a long time on this. But you didn't, we do need to understand the culture, the context of what Elijah is about to step into. Uh, this was a, a uh, not a good time. Uh, the king was doing everything he could to encourage the people away from the worship of the God of Israel. So one of the things that we need to do to to make this connect with people is to ask a question like one of the ones that is asked in our uh, material. Uh, what are some idols in our culture? So uh, it's important to, you know, to say that we worship God and that um, the the people uh, under um, Ahab's reign uh, worship false gods and they worshiped Baal. But in today's culture, we don't have that same kind of setup of uh, what it means to worship uh, another God isn't always uh, in the form of a deity. It's, it's, it's some other thing that is of high, high importance or significance in our lives. I think that's right. And those idols, I think that you can that out of learners is for they'll be able to come up with things um but just thinking about that things like accomplishment success career it can be good things too like family education entertainment um money um any of these things you may be good in their own right but when we set them above uh, god certainly they become idols and and as far as the context there of this evil world. Um, I think Mm -hmm. people will relate to that to some degree, too, because I think, especially after um, in recent years, people would say, well, things are the worst they've ever been. And that's kind of how it was the the world that Elijah stepped into. We still deal with some of the idolatry that they were dealing with, because one of the the, the Baal Baal and Asher, Baal was the god of, of really fertility. I mean, there's lots of things to him, but there were a lot of sexual practices associated with Baal worship, the Asherah poles and all that. And so there is that, that drive in, in, in the worship of Baal that kind of appealed to their, their fallen human nature. And I see today, even in our culture, how things related to, to, uh, to sex, we, it, uh, it still draws people to that. Uh, you know, whether we, talk, we want to talk about the media, just whatever, we're still drawn to the same types of things that in, in that, that appeal to our sinful, fallen human nature. But that's the world Elijah steps into. So now we move to chapter 17 of 1 Kings, and I just want to read one verse. This is for, verse 1. Elijah the Tishbite, Elijah, Elijah, <laughs> let me try again. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from the Gilead settlers said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, in whose presence I stand, there will be no dew or rain during these years except by my command. So the name Elijah uh, means Yahweh is my God. And um, he comes and declares no rain except if I'm the one who says it's going to rain. Uh, Jennifer, you mentioned... uh, uh, and use the analogy of Elijah as a as a whistleblower. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Right. The the outrageousness of what he claims here takes me aback 
um, I, you know, I wonder, would I have the courage, you know, if God told me that to state that outright, who would be so audacious? And especially because they connected Baal to um, bringing the rain and for the crops and, and all, they saw him as the God of these things. And to say, oh, my God's going to stop all of this rain and Baal's not going to be able to do anything about it was really audacious to the crowd he was speaking to. Uh, one of the things that you wrote uh, about what Elijah essentially said was uh, about Baal, your idol is a fake and your religion is based on lies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing subtle there. Oh, well, he was very blunt. And I think that's part of the, uh, the courage that we see here. He wasn't mincing words. He didn't try to soften it or make it seem, you know, more palatable. Uh, he, he called it like it was, right? <laughs> he sure did. And what's interesting, he makes this statement, this very bold, uh, very, very in-your-face statement. You know, idols are fake. Your religion's based on lies. And then you come to verse 2. And the word of the Lord came to him, leave here, turn eastward and hide at the wadi, the Cherith, where it enters the Jordan. And I hear, I see this picture of Elijah has made this bold statement, but now the Lord's going to lead him out of town because, you know, his life could be very much, very much in danger at this point for, for making such a bold confrontation to the king. So he goes, um, and essentially hides out. And what we find in this passage um, is that uh, God takes care of Elijah. He provides for him um, in, in this season. Yes. And as we look at that, let's not look at it in the sense of, oh, he makes a statement, then he runs away, run away. He didn't. It wasn't necessarily a retreat like that, but God was still looking to protect his life. Uh, in that, you're going to make this bold statement that Elijah's going to step right back in in, in a bit. But he's still the Lord was there to protect him. And the beauty is, as you read this passage, how uh, he went to the, the Wadi Cherith where he entered the Jordan. Uh, God told him there to drink from the Wadi. And he said, I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. And Elijah did exactly what the Lord commanded him. And there he stayed. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and the evening, and he would drink from the Wadi. See, one of the things that occurs to me here is, Serving God was still um, challenging. Uh, there was still sacrifice. There was mm. still things that could have made him afraid, all of that. Um, but God was providing for him. He had his back. And, and I use the illustration here of, you know, somebody setting you up to fail, and God never sets us up to fail. When he calls us to make a stand for him, he has our back. Um, he will support us. It doesn't mean it will be easy. It doesn't mean we won't have any problems or difficulties, but we can trust that he will um, support us and support his name. Good point. God will sustain us. Uh, right. We still need to exercise the courage and, do, and be obedient to what he calls us to do. So one of the questions that's asked at the end of this section is, what are some ways God has sustained you in the past? And our hope is that that will cause group members to have an opportunity uh, to talk about uh, in good times and in difficult times, how God has provided uh, for the individuals in the group. Thinking about the application here, uh, when we look at the live it out section, 
we're talking about standing up for God against false beliefs and practices, that kind of thing. But uh, I think we can make the, the application here even broader because courage can be um, something that God challenges to in many areas of our lives. Um, because we deal with fear in many different areas. And sometimes courage is being faithful in the little things day in and day out, um, as opposed to taking a big stand. And maybe when we get to the point where we have to, to make a big stand, having followed and been obedient and cor- courageous in the little things day by day, we're ready for the big moment like Elijah had. Does that make sense? It really does. Sure. And, and that's my that's my personal experience. Uh, th- there were times as a um, as a as a teenager and a young adult where I had to begin that process of making some decisions and stepping up that helped to prepare me for other things that would happen that would be uh, a much bigger deal in the future. But at the time, that seemed earth shaking. And I think there are people who are needing the courage to maybe to fight for their marriage, to fight for their children, to take care of a loved one who is ill. A lot of things that God may be calling us to do, and it takes courage day by day to stay in the fight, if that makes sense. It really does. And, you know, this reminds me, we just completed a study uh, in Bible Studies for Life on the seven churches mentioned in Revelation. Uh, in Revelation 2 and 3, and that call that we saw with several of those churches where there was compromise happening. And the call, you know, you need to stand up. You don't tolerate the immorality. Don't tolerate the sin. And I think there, that application comes here as I think about Elijah. You know, there's times we may have to stand up in our church or to just make that bold statement. This is the right thing to do. That is the wrong thing to do. Just It just takes courage to stand up and, and stand with no sense of compromise. Jenny, thank you for being with us today. You're going to be with us in a few weeks to talk about one of the other sessions. So we, thank you for writing this, and thanks for taking the time to share in this podcast. Uh, we have uh, a lot of people who listen and uh, on a regular basis, and we're grateful for you who are listening to our podcast. Hope it's been beneficial to you to hear from the author of this study, and I know you'll look forward to hearing from Jenny again uh, soon. So we want to take just a moment to, to talk directly to those of you who are um, – uh, who lead groups or who teach. Uh, we want to share with you some resources that are available. And I, then I have a teaching tip. So Lynn, you want to talk first? Sure. Let me just share uh, about a free resource that you can use to supplement what you use in your leader guides. And you'll see this mentioned uh, in, in several places in your leader guide, but we call it extra. It's online. It's a free online resource, biblestudiesforlife.com slash adult extra. Again, you'll see that little link in your leader guide multiple places. But what we would provide there are some uh, some new stories, maybe some statistics, something that's this current that ties right to this particular study about Elijah uh, in serving, showing courage. Uh, it's it's designed to just provide some additional thoughts. Takes the current news and makes it fit our study. You'll also find if you want some additional discussion questions there. And uh, so it's a very helpful. Again, it's free. Uh, BibleStudiesForLife.com slash adult extra. And Jenny, 
you have you you have written many times for extra. Am I am I saying that correctly? Uh, yes, I so have. There is another good reason, folks, for using extra. We have some good writers who mm-hmm. contribute to it. Chris, okay, so uh, Jenny, I'm, I'm I want. I'm going to give you the last word in just a few minutes, but let me uh, refer back to something that we talked about earlier. Um, When doing a study like this one on Elijah, um, it's important that you are prepared. So kind of going back to my old Boy Scout days, be prepared was was our. (laughs) (laughs) You learned something about me that you didn't know, Lynn. I'm just picturing you in the little khaki shorts. I had it going on. I'm telling you. I, I never had the shorts, but I had pants that were high waters. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that we want to encourage you to do is know the story of Elijah. So it may be good for you to read um, in First Kings uh, 1, uh, 16 into Second Kings so that you know, you know the entire story of Elijah. Uh, when we get into a character study like this and we talk about things like courage, it's easy sometimes to, to make reference to some things that will happen later in the story. And you really want to wait until you get there in a week or two. So you need to know the whole story so that you don't get ahead of yourself. So uh, you, it's also important to, to have some uh, information, some Bible background as you hit some high points. Like when you talk in First Kings 16 about the, the, the history and the, the uh, some of the things that were going on with King Ahab and, and Queen Jezebel. Um, so you need to read that, but then there's also some problem. I hope that you have access to um, a, a Bible commentary or a Bible that has a, a study guide in it that will, that will give some of that information. Uh, now, that gets me to the real teaching point that I want to talk about. That's more general and it, it's, it's specific to what we're talking about this week, but it, it's one that, that I hold to and use uh, almost every time I speak. And it's this. And Lynn referenced this earlier. Don't assume that the people in your group know the Bible, know the Bible stories and know the characters. Um, I, I have always taken the position to aim for the the lowest or the least common denominator, I, I aim toward that person who knows the least, um, has the least amount of Bible knowledge, so that they don't walk away confused or not understanding what's going on. So, I'll, um, you know, that's why I help people find books in the Bible and kind of guide them in that process because I, I don't want to assume that everybody knows where First Kings is. Um, there have been people in our lives that uh, uh, Kathy invited people from her work when I was a pastor in Eastern Kentucky. And uh, one of the guys that she brought, she invited came to church and it was the first, he was in his early forties and it was the first time he had ever been in a church and it was Easter Sunday. And so we were talking about the resurrection and, you know, so I was helping people find the gospels and talking about the, New Testament. We had lunch with him afterwards, and Tony shared with us. I, I didn't know that there was an Old Testament and a New Testament. So I have guys like that in my mind when I'm teaching. I want to be sure that I, I don't I don't anticipate that they know or have 
a lot of Bible knowledge. So you need to know a little bit about um, the, the historical context. Um, you need to, in a very clear and succinct way, be able to talk about um, the, the rule of David and Solomon was the kind of the golden era of uh, Old Testament history. And after Solomon's reign, the kingdom was divided. And uh, Ahab was a part of the group that divided that was the northern kingdom. And it is called Israel. And, and they set up places of worship that were away from Jerusalem, which meant that they were worshiping idols. And they just continued that practice to the point that Ahab was the worst one yet. And then he married this evil woman who tried to bring the worship of Baal into just the everyday common ordinary people's lives uh, in Israel. And so that's that's kind of the background. So use that kind of approach to help people understand what that's about and carry this into other areas when, when you're teaching. Now, uh, again, Jenny, thank you for being with us. I'm going to give you the last word and then we'll close this out. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. You know, something that occurred to me as you were just speaking when you were talking about knowing the whole story, but not trying to teach the whole story in one lesson, but, stay, you know, focusing on the passage at hand there. One of the things that, that occurred to me as I was writing this is that Elijah was a lot like me. I feel like I've struggled with fear throughout my life, and God has continually been challenging me to be courageous. Um, and, and it's worth stating that Elijah is not some mythical character who's not like we are that he did face fear, and we'll mm. see that later on, um, that he struggled with fear himself at times. But he had courage and tremendous courage he demonstrated, not based on his own ability or his ego, but because he had a faith in a strong God. And I think that is where I'd like to leave it. All right. Thank you for that. Look forward to you being with us in a couple of weeks. And again, thanks for writing for Bible Studies for Life. We want to thank you who are listening to this podcast for being with us today and hope that you'll plan on being with us again next week.